sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello and welcome to a Tuesday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Sports Grid Network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Tuesday morning. The final Tuesday, the final morning of the month of February. As we approach March, basketball is our focus. And hoops, both in the professional and in the college ranks, is front in center we'll go around college basketball in the final week of this regular season in conference tournament action beginning last night around the country as well a huge monday night although the slate was not all that large in the nba because of some very impactful news that we received on monday evening sham sharania from FanDuel and from the athletic as well tweeting out last night that LeBron James is expected to be sidelined for an indefinite amount of time for the LA Lakers after injuring his right foot on Sunday night in Dallas. There is a fear, as Shams is reporting, that he could miss a significant amount of time with that right foot injury. LeBron himself, on his Instagram story late last night, posting a photo of that injured right foot wrapped up in a bandage saying, this effing sucks. Very impactful news for the Los Angeles Lakers because as we've shared with you, following the NBA All-Star break, the Lakers were going to be a primary focus around the Western Conference. Could LeBron and a healthy Anthony Davis finally now make a push maybe even out of the Western Conference play-in tournament and into the Western Conference playoffs? And there was some optimism. The Lakers had won both of their games following the all-star break a three-game win streak in total you can see what the odds said prior to that sham sharania report last night the lakers both sides minus 110 to make or even miss the playoffs they were minus 135 to at least make the western conference play in tournament due to a pelicans loss last night at home against the orlando magic the lakers right now only a half game out of that 10th spot in the Western Conference to be a play-in tournament team. But following this news that LeBron James is set to miss a significant amount of time here down the NBA home stretch, the Lakers now plus 240 to make the postseason. There are no make-play-in tournament odds at the moment on the FanDuel Sportsbook, but a much more pessimistic picture for Los Angeles now without LeBron for the foreseeable future. Again, we're not talking 40 or more games left in this NBA season. The Lakers are 29-32. and 32. They have 21 games remaining in their NBA regular season. The stretch run is on around the association, and right now we have a new team atop the Eastern Conference standings, at least tied atop the Eastern Conference standings as the Bucks are now up there with the Celtics as Boston goes down on the road last night not far away from us at Madison Square Garden inside the world's most famous arena against the New York Knicks. Only 94 points for the Seas last night as the Knicks get the win, 109-94, winning outright at home as a a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Boston was the favorite in this game. They have been favored now in 58 of their 62 games this year, but New York now riding a six- 
six-game win streak. They have been an underdog three times now in the six-game win streak. They have won, of course, outright in all three of those games as a dog. Only 109 points for New York, only 94 points for Boston. Not a ton of scoring from the game's best players last night. Jalen Brunson, only 17. Jason Tatum, only 14, ejected late in that fourth quarter for the first time in his NBA career. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of a Tuesday Live on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. It is the final day of February. March is tomorrow. Basketball is front and center. So as we go around the Eastern Conference, there is a tie at the top of the conference standings. The Milwaukee Bucks riding a 14-game win streak, now tied with the Celtics for the Eastern Conference's best record. However, Milwaukee a slightly better win percentage than that of the Seas. But at the moment, no changes to the odds to win the Eastern Conference. The Boston Celtics remain the favorites at plus 115, 70 cents ahead of the Milwaukee Bucks at plus 185. The Sixers have the third best price at plus 650. The Sixers hosted a Miami Heat team riding a four-game skid last night in the city of brotherly love. That has now come to an end. Jimmy Butler said, following Miami's fourth consecutive loss, he is sick and tired of losing. So Jimmy Butler goes out and hits the game winner last night in Philadelphia under a minute and a half remaining. A wild circus layup through the lane between a couple of defenders up and under through traffic. It goes in. It was the deciding bucket last night as Miami wins outright on the road as a five and a half point underdog we're talking about the atlantic here well it's not technically the atlantic sun anymore but the a sun conference tournament did begin last night bellerman and north florida queens and a big matchup as well against florida gulf coast you can see the odds for the a sun pre-tournament as we had that underway last night liberty and kennesaw state Tied for the best conference record in the regular season at 15-3. Technically, though, Kennesaw State, the number one seed. And it felt like March last night in the opening game of the A-Sun Conference Tournament. Bellerman at the buzzer. Justin Betts puts it up and gets a friendly roll as Bellerman pulls off the upset over North Florida, winning outright 76-74 as a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Queens advances as well. We'll detail a little bit of March here on the final day of February. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here live on a Tuesday morning, on the morning after, on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. Now, Tuesdays here on TMA can be considered many things. A tangy Tuesday? Sure. A turtleneck Tuesday? Of course. Just make sure when it's a Tuesday, on the morning after, you include OK Dubs, Kevin Walsh, now here in the mix, live on this Tuesday morning on TMA. Okay, Dubs, a welcome to you here on this Tuesday, the final day in the month of February, which, Kevin, means what? 
I, I believe it means March is around the corner. And I believe that means that you and John Rothstein are high-fiving through the through the call and just getting pumped up about it. It's where it spreads, right? I confirm that with John. It spreads. Confirmed. Exciting times. Confirmed it does spread. In fact, March is just about 15 hours away. The countdown is on at John Rothstein on Twitter. We hope to have FanDuel and CBS's sports. John Rothstein on the show tomorrow. But Kev, you're here today, and you are many things for the wonderful Spiz Grizz Network. In fact, the creator of the Spiz Grizz and the originator behind this animation you're about to see as we get ready for March on the final day of February in the zone. A creative mind, that Kevin Walsh. All right, Kev, a big final Monday in the month of February in this final week of the regular season at the high major level in men's college basketball. North Carolina, the preseason number one team in that AP Top 25. The national championship runner-up a season ago, fighting for their tournament lives, Kevin Walsh, here in 2023. There is zero margin of error error for Hubert Davis's team, and they make good on that last night. North Carolina going on the road to Tallahassee. It got a little bit dicey late in that second half. The Seminoles cut it to four after North Carolina had nearly a 20-point lead, but UNC does win by 11, 77-66, even covering Kev as a seven-and-a-half-point road favorite. Now, Kevin Walsh, as you go through the bracketology and you look at the Tar Heels here in 2022-23, what do they need to do in your estimation to make the NCAA tournament? Well, I, I certainly think the game over Duke will be meaningful. I think it does appear they're going to need a respectable NC uh, or an ACC tournament run as well. Mm. The thing with North Carolina, though, is they entered this season with massive expectations, and they should have. The runner-up brought back the entire team. I mean, that is usually a recipe for great success. To tell a very, very brief story, but I remember it uh, vividly, the opening game of this college basketball season was Baylor and Mississippi Valley State, or at least it was a 12 o'clock game that featured a ranked team, so I did have it on. With some volume as well, and the Baylor Bears broadcast was ripping some takes, which I appreciated, by the way. The game was a 40-point blowout, I believe, the second they jumped the ball off. Let's get your takes off. And I don't remember who was doing color for the game, but it was a former Baylor player. And he said, all right, here's my first take of the season. UNC's not that good. I mean, look, they got hot. They were a nine seed. We all seem to forget that. And I ultimately think it was a hot run that we're all overrating. Now, at the time, I thought it was hilarious because clearly that had to be some sour grapes as UNC eliminated Baylor. Well, I owe that person an apology. UNC just doesn't seem to be that good. They were a nine seed last year. Ben, this has been going on all season long. It's not a bad stretch of ball. Creighton had a bad stretch of ball. They flipped that around. Creighton's not on the bubble. Creighton rocks. Kentucky had more than a bad stretch of ball. But Kentucky now is the dangerous blue blood that somebody's going to see on the second day of the tournament. Be like, you've got to be kidding me. How am I possibly playing Kentucky right now? I'm a two seed. Stop this. But that's how these things go. That's not North Carolina. I can't sit here and praise them. If they beat Duke at home, good. Pat them on the head. Everybody wins at home. You beat Virginia at home, good. You beat FSU, they stink out loud. 
I think North Carolina gets in, Ben. But you guys hang the futures market, the Final Four, the title odds. I want nothing to do with them. When you look at those Final Four in title odds for North Carolina preseason, the third best in each of those two markets, plus 230 to reach the Final Four, 10 to 1 price to win the national championship. That was when North Carolina was ranked atop the country. Kev, if there is optimism for UNC, you're right. Last year, they were in a similar position where they needed to play themselves in to the NCAA tournament and then got hot at the right time, getting all the way to the national championship game before ultimately being knocked off against Kansas. This same team is back, and there was a sliver of optimism last night for Armando Baycott to only have a single point for UNC. They still win by double digits on the road. They shoot more than 48% from three. They need to beat Duke and they need at least one significant win, as Kev alluded to, in my estimation, in the ACC tournament to lock up their bid into the NCAA tournament. All right, Kev, elsewhere, you mentioned the Baylor Bears, that color commentator and analyst, probably happy with the result for the Bears last night, winning on the road in Stillwater, which is a difficult thing to do in Big 12 play, 74-68. They were a one-and-a-half-point favorite. It was a minus-125 price on that money line. Kev, elsewhere in the Big 12, West Virginia goes on the road to Hilton Coliseum and knocks off the Cyclones from Iowa State. 72-69, the final there in favor of the Mountaineers. The Cyclones now have lost eight of their last 10 games. Kev, the Big 12 has been the best conference in college basketball all Mm. year long with a couple of teams, it seems, peaking at the right time. Who do you have the most faith in? to make the most noise come March Madness. Can we talk about the the Big 12 for a minute here, though? Because I don't know if I, if I want to do what everybody else is doing. Because, Ben, now this, I don't want to be ugly. I don't want to be, I don't want to be ugly on a, on a Tuesday. But let's just say you've seen firsthand a conference, we won't name names, be oh, considered God, okay. the best conference we've seen all season long. Even some would say the best conference that we've ever seen in a single season and then show up to the tournament and it doesn't go their way. We're talking about the Big Ten, by the way, if that wasn't obvious. So now we're doing this thing with the Big 12. They've got seven teams inside Ken Palm's top 25. West Virginia gets a win the other night against Iowa State. I believe they're, what, 6-12 and 12 in conference? And West Virginia's a top 20 team in the country. Yeah, that's how that works. Are we sure? I don't know, Ben. I've seen this movie before. I've seen this before where we decide one team is the best team of all time. All of their best wins on their resume are beating up one another. They get to the tournament, and it doesn't go that way. Kansas, yeah, you got it. You're national champions. Baylor, who had a nice win last night, has a defense ranked outside the top 80. That's not great, and that's probably the second best team in the conference so yeah to be honest with you your entire question of the big 12 kind of out on the whole thing I just it's bad vibes for me Ben you got to know what I'm talking about I know exactly what you're talking about. Two years ago, the Big Ten Conference set nine teams to the NCAA tournament, as they did a season ago. 
The Big Ten and high majors that play at that level get the benefit of the doubt from the selection committee and bracketologists yeah. because every game is a quad one opportunity virtually and the metrics stack up favorably for your resume. That is not the same in other leagues around the country. Kev, you mentioned Kansas. An eight-and-a-half-point favorite at home tonight against Texas Tech. The Red Raiders, a team trending in a positive direction as well. Winners of six of their last nine games. Kansas has won six straight. They have covered in five of those. Kev, quickly, here in the SEC, Tennessee on a little bit of a slide, taking mm -hmm. on a very positively trending Arkansas team. It's a six-and-a-half-point spread in Knoxville. Your quick thoughts on this game. It's college basketball style. Tennessee's been phenomenal covering numbers at home, though, and Arkansas's not been all that good covering numbers on the road. It might be a tough line to lay with the Vols, but they are coming off of a 40-point performance showing that they still have that in them. They beat South Carolina by 40 points, covering as a 23-and-a-half-point favorite over the weekend. More from the conference tournaments later, NBA next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Walsh has as we get ready to talk about the biggest development, Kev, in the association last night. The report from The Athletic and FanDuel, Sham Sharania, that LeBron James is set to miss a, an indefinite amount of time due to the right foot injury that he suffered against the Dallas Mavericks. He played Sunday evening through that foot injury, played 37 minutes as well, scoring 26 points as the Lakers did pick up their second consecutive victory following the All-Star break. Kev, as this report comes down last night from Sham Sharania, what was your initial reaction? Heartbreak, despair, mm -hmm. let down, and in a way, robbed of the opportunity to come on here on a Tuesday and completely unhinged. All I needed was to see them beat the Mavericks to let any really take I wanted fly uh, as far as how good this Lakers team is. They have LeBron, they have AD. To me, they clearly were a title contender once they beat the Mavericks. They can still be a title contender. The roster is there now. Lonnie Walker, when we hit the deadline, was this team's fourth leading scorer on the season. Lonnie Walker is now the 10th or 11th man on the Los Angeles Lakers. That's how much better this roster is. Of course, losing LeBron, though, is always going to be a blow. Luckily for the Lakers, factually, they have an easy schedule coming up. It's not an opinion. They have the third easiest schedule remaining based on strength of schedule, opponent win percentage. Their next seven games, which means LeBron misses two weeks, five are at home. The two road games are tonight against Memphis and at Oklahoma City. Winning at Oklahoma City should be manageable, and winning in your own building is something you should be capable of. Let's go even further, though, Ben, and say LeBron misses a month of basketball. That means that he would miss 14 games. Only four of those are on the road. The other two road games, we just talked about two of them, at New Orleans and at Houston. Your favorite at Houston, LeBron or not. That means that the Lakers might be favored in 50% of their road games that they're going to play over the next month. With the other 10 games being at Crypto.com Arena. The Lakers are going to be favored in over 50% of their games for the next month of basketball. If LeBron is out beyond that, well, then I don't really know when LeBron is supposed to be coming back. 
We don't really know when that is anyway. But factually, not, not, ah, there's Kevin losing his mind again. Factually, they can survive a full stretch here without LeBron as long as the big man is out there and available the way he needs to be. And that big man would not be Jared Vanderbilt or any of the trade deadline acquisitions. That would be one Anthony Davis, who posted 30 points and 15 boards in that win mm -hmm. over the Mavericks. So, Kev, you saw that market movement following the report from Sham Sharania about LeBron James in the right foot injury that has him sidelined for an indefinite amount of time. You just laid it out for us. A potential of a month, 14 games. The Lakers are currently 29-32. and 32 a half game out of that 10 spot in the Western Conference, all very important because that would be the last of four spots into the Western Conference play-in tournament. So, Kev, let's say it's that 14-game window you just laid out for us. Where does mm -hmm. that leave the Lakers without LeBron James in a playoff position to try to reach that play-in tournament? I still think the Lakers get there because I expect them to be in the play-in. Look, you can't overstate how tight this West is. The Lakers are two games back in the loss column of the fifth-seeded Clippers. And a lot of people keep talking about, oh, it's going to be tough for the Lakers to jump everybody. They don't need to jump everybody. They just need to get into the play-in. Tonight, the Clippers play the Timberwolves. One of them will lose. The Warriors play the Blazers. One of them will lose. All four of those teams are in front of the Lakers. That means it is a guarantee. Yes, yes, it is a guarantee two teams in front of them will win tonight then. But it's also a guarantee that two teams in front of them will also lose tonight. The Lakers will get help just based on the way the schedule works. They have to handle their business. Who knows how much time LeBron's really going to miss? Because, by the way, he finished the game against Dallas. I don't know how that's possible, but he did. So, hopefully, it's, it's more so two weeks of absence than four weeks of absence but they should be able to maintain here, Ben, over this upcoming stretch. Kev, right now, Los Angeles booked as a nine-point dog on the road in the grind city against the Grizz. Mm. We'll get to that game in just a moment. The Lakers this year without LeBron, five and nine straight up. But quickly, Kev, let's go back to last night's small slate on a Monday in the association, mm. not far away from us. At MSG, the Celtics... Go down on the road. The Knicks have won six consecutive games, 109-94 over Boston as a slight home underdog inside the Mecca. Kev, did last night tell you anything about either of these two teams outside of just a one-game sample size on a random Monday throughout the home stretch of this NBA season? No. I am not going to come on here and say, oh, here's the Knicks now. As a title contender, they're playing great ball. They should be happy with everything Jalen Brunson has given them. I'm not going to tell you that the Boston Celtics are frauds. I have no problem with Jason Tatum getting ejected in a game. That's how these things go when things aren't going your way for the second game in a row. Despite the big shot he hit against Philadelphia, Jason Tatum knows he played under his standard in that game. What I will say, though, is they are not in first place anymore in the Eastern Conference. I feel like the story of the Boston season has been how much better they are than everybody else. And they are not even better than the Milwaukee Bucks in their conference. Currently, the win percentage goes Milwaukee's way. I am aware the Bucks are on a 14-game winning streak, and that's what they've needed to catch the Celtics. But they have caught the Celtics. And the Celtics will not be favored in a series over the Bucks if games 1, 
two, five, and seven are in Milwaukee. They, they just will not be favorites in that series. Kev, there is a points prop out for Giannis Antetokounmpo tonight. Expected uh. to make his return on the road in Brooklyn inside the Barclays Center against the Nets. Milwaukee booked as a six-and-a-half-point favorite, pretty heavily favored, to win their 15th consecutive game. So, Kev, now tied atop the Eastern Conference. What is the outlook like for Giannis in the Bucks the rest of this regular season? Well, I think for Milwaukee now, you you have to push for the one seed as much as you can. I think the Bucs had this interesting run in them where they were the one seed a couple of years in a row in the Eastern Conference. It, it didn't work their way. Uh, they then had the season, obviously, where they win the championship. They didn't do so as the one seed. And they were like, oh, yeah, see, no problem. And then last year, they got bounced by Boston in the second round. And they lost a game seven in Boston. And the thing about when you have a game seven on your home floor it allows things like Grant Williams looking like Steph Curry to happen because that's kind of what happens in, in Game 7 madness and magic. So that's really what is now the onus on the Bucs. I, again, this I, I don't need to dress this up as, as Celtic slander. Their gap right now in the NBA Finals odds over the Milwaukee Bucks is hard to justify when if Milwaukee is the one seed, the Milwaukee Bucks should be the favorites. You look right now, strength of schedule, the Bucs are 15th, Boston's 14th. It, it's the same. It's the same what sits in front of them. They each have to play each other still. The rest, of, uh, Another game the rest of the way. That's how I look at this, Ben, where the number one seed in the East is going to be and should be the favorite to win the title. Given the fact that Milwaukee is now tied with Boston atop the Eastern Conference standings, no movement, though, in the Eastern Conference odds. The Celtics still remain a favorite at plus 115, 70 cents in front of the Milwaukee Bucks. By the way, Kev, the Nets have lost six of their last eight games. And with the Knicks' sixth consecutive win last night, the Nets now the sixth best record in the East. New York, the fifth best record in the Eastern Conference. All right, Kev, we alluded to it. The first game now for Los Angeles without LeBron James. The Lakers booked as a nine-point road underdog tonight against the second-best team in the Western Conference, the Memphis mm. Grizzlies. Kev, how important is tonight's game for the Lakers, their first game now without LeBron? So let, let's be very clear. It's not that important. The game tomorrow against Oklahoma City is far more important. If the Lakers are going to play AD on back-to-backs, phenomenal. If they are not, and they run him out here against Memphis, fire everybody again, and I don't care that they had themselves a good deadline. You have to win the OKC game. That's a team you're chasing. You're not chasing Memphis. But AD should be able to play on a back-to-back, and he should have himself a really big game, especially in the rebounds department. He's gone for 14-plus rebounds and 8 of 9 played without LeBron averages 15.9 rebounds per game. And as far as this number goes, it's too high. John Morant said he's good in the West. Folks, John Morant is not good in the West. In fact, he's terrible in the West. The Grizzlies have the third worst coverage percentage of teams in conference games. They give her 36.4% of their games in conference. So this is a spot to me where the line is overinflated due to the absence of LeBron. The Lakers should be able to cover this game. But I am telling you right now that if, if they sit Anthony Davis against OKC, there are grounds to fire. Everybody cut everybody. And LeBron, Bronny, Bryce, Savannah, and Zuri will finish this season out when LeBron is healthy. Shout out to the All right, Very good point. More big picture discussion around the association. Up next, live right here on the morning end.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after. Live right here on this Tuesday on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159, and all across the Spiz Grizz network as well. That's Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Kevin Walsh came up with Spiz Grizz. Kevin Walsh is here for a third consecutive segment. He has been here for a majority of this opening hour. A huge time in the association with about 20 or so games left of this regular season and all of the updates that we got last night in the NBA that LeBron James is set to miss an indefinite amount of time for the Los Angeles Lakers. We need to look big picture. We do that now in an NBA edition of Buy or Sell. Kevin, we'll get to some questions about the Lakers and the Clippers and a jumbled Western Conference in just a moment. But first, we focus on the East. The Boston Celtics no longer atop the Eastern Conference standings by themselves. Why? The Celtics went down on the road last night against the New York Knicks. The Knickerbockers, Kev, have won six straight basketball games. Now New York, the fifth best record in the Eastern Conference. Kevin, since the new year, the start of 2023, the Knicks have won 17 of 26 games. They are currently that fifth seed in the Eastern Conference, trying to make up ground, even on the Cleveland Cavaliers, to potentially be one of the four best seeds in the East and host a playoff series. So Kevin Walsh, by herself, with the Knicks' recent really good form, the Knicks will host a playoff series come the postseason. Easy sell for me, no slander on the Knicks. I don't see them catching Milwaukee, Boston, or Philadelphia. I think those three teams are all markedly better. They are closer right now to the Cavs, just two back in the loss column there. While I think the Cavs are better, I know the Cavs have a better schedule coming up. The second easiest strength of schedule remaining in the entire NBA, and it's only an 18-game schedule as well, which means it's just very, very soft here for Cleveland the remainder of the West. The Knicks are playing great basketball, Ben, but I think that's far too much of a mountain that they would need to climb. It would require the either Sixers to just completely collapse or the Cavs to get upset a ton of times, and I don't really see either of those happening. There is still right now a two-and-a-half game gap between the Knicks and the Cavs for that four spot, which Cleveland currently occupies, despite how well the Knicks are playing right now, Kev. I would have to agree with you. But what a run of basketball that would be at Madison Square Garden. The Big East Tournament is next week. Then the East Regional of the NCAA Tournament will be played at the world's most famous arena. That's the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight in the big dance. And then potentially for the Knicks to host a playoff series, Bedlam in New York. All right, Kev, as we go around the NBA right now, we mentioned it. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Celtics now tied for the best record in the NBA and the Eastern Conference. Milwaukee, the slight edge as it pertains to the winning percentage in the Eastern Conference and not far off. It's the Denver Nuggets who hold a five and a half game advantage for the best record in the Western Conference. Kev, you see the records right there. 
the Nuggets still a game behind the Bucks for that best record in the NBA and still a game behind the Celtics as well, although the Nuggets have won 75% of their recent 20 games. So, Kev, buy or sell, the Denver Nuggets will finish with the best record in the NBA at the end of the regular season. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an easy sell for me. Now, Denver should keep their eye on both Boston and Milwaukee because, as you mentioned, the number one overall seed is obtainable for them. They are just currently a game back of those two teams. But the big difference here is as Milwaukee and Boston continue to push one another in the Eastern Conference, the Nuggets do not feel that same pressure out West. Five and a half game gap between them and your number two seeded Memphis Grizzlies there. I don't see the Denver Nuggets feeling that same pressure. I don't think the Denver Nuggets are as good as either Boston or Milwaukee. You know, again, we've talked strength of schedule. Denver's is easier than that of both Boston and Milwaukee. But this is a spot for me where I think the other two have so much pressure now to avoid being the second seed in that conference in the East, it should push them over the edge there. It Look, it would be great for Denver because the odds are, Ben, that the Eastern Conference representative is heavily either Boston or Milwaukee. So if you're Denver, you, having a better record, that's obviously massive for you. Like your one seed advantage, you would love to carry into the finals, but I just don't see it for them. I would think one of those two top dogs in the East get it done. Kev, the Nuggets are a 10.5-point favorite on the road tonight in Houston. Nikola Jokic is favored. I literally mean favored with a minus-110 price to record a triple-double, something he has done in eight of the last ten for the Nuggets. Kev, they have a five-and-a-half game lead for that top spot, yet it's the Phoenix Suns as we await Kevin Durant's debut in Phoenix as the favorites to win the Western Conference. There's a five-and-a-half game gap, Kev, for Denver over Memphis. The Grizzlies, the second-best mark in the West right now. And then where Memphis is, with that second-best record, to where the Oklahoma City Thunder are, with the third-worst record in the Western Conference, just eight-and-a-half games separate those two teams with a ton of teams thrown Mm -hmm. in, in there into that jumbled Mick, so Kev, how do you evaluate the Western Conference odds right now, right now, knowing how packed the West currently is? Yeah, the, the difficulty in the West is the only team that has basically been able to say, hey, trust us, trust us, trust us, is Denver. And despite the fact that they're going to have a guy rip off three straight MVPs, nobody trusts them, which is interesting, because you have Phoenix, who's not had their best player debut, The Clippers are the least trustworthy team maybe in the history of basketball. What's Dallas doing at the same price as Golden State? The record isn't that much better. They don't have the same pedigree. The one-two punch in Kyrie and Luka is not offering up great results. Memphis hasn't proven it at a high level. What the heck is New Orleans doing with better odds than the Los Angeles Lakers? I don't care if they're more likely to get there. You mean, is it because the Pelicans are healthier? Stop it. Is it because they're more talented? Don't lie to yourself. So that doesn't even make any sense there. And yeah, look, I can sit here, Ben, and tell you to bet the Lakers at 34 to 1. I've, you know, you know, grabbed a couple of pieces of the Lakers here and there, but I at no point can tell you with 100% certainty they will be in the playoffs. That is a problem when you're looking for a team to trust, but that is why I still would look to push for longer shots in the Western Conference. Golden State, you know, was a 10 to 1 number, the 8 to 1 now. They still have that pedigree, and at some point, Steph will be back. If LeBron is going to come back, 
Uh, look, all I'm saying is, you can keep thinking I'm crazy. Nuggets, Lakers, round one, you know what's up. You know what time it is. So, you know what you're going to think. So, Kev, that transitions us very well into our next conversation. The Lakers had a ton of optimism until about 8 p.m. Eastern time last night when the Sham Sharania report came out that LeBron yeah. James was set to be sidelined for an indefinite amount of time. The Lakers have won three straight games, both of their games following the All-Star break. The Clippers have the fifth best record in the Western Conference, but they have lost two overtime yeah. games since returning from that All-Star break. Obviously, Kev, is it, it is a different picture in Los Angeles right now than it was 24 hours ago yesterday morning. So the question is at full strength. Who is the best team playing in Los Angeles right now? At full strength, Kevin Walsh, buy or sell the Lakers or the best NBA team in L.A.? Bye, 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 bye. They are... Okay, look, whatever. We don't have to hold this back. The Lakers are at fully healthy, very obviously one of the five best teams in the NBA. Very obvious. Now, that might not matter because they may never be fully healthy. By the way, their third best player is injured in D'Angelo Russell with an ankle injury he picked up against Golden State. It's not great right now. But look at the team, and you tell me... Can you name five players you'd rather in a seven-game series over LeBron James? I'll answer that for you. You obviously cannot. Anthony Davis has a month of basketball on his resume this year that goes head-to-head with any player's best month this season. The roster is now significantly better. D'Angelo Russell has an all-star appearance under his belt. Malik Beasley proved that what everybody's been saying for years is if you put a shooter around LeBron, it works. And by goodness, it really does. If they offered Jared Vanderbilt a lifetime Laker contract tomorrow, they would throw a parade in the middle of that street as they adore him immediately. Austin Reeves is not a cute story. Austin Reeves is a good NBA player and you and this it's it's top to bottom now again I can't stress this enough Ben Lonnie Walker had stretches as their third best player he is irrelevant now to this basketball team so yes sorry I don't want the one-two punch and Kawhi and PG that have never once lived up to their expectations and I'll take the one-two punch that has a title under their resume despite the fact I feel like in bizarro world people would tell me the Clippers have been the more trustworthy team that plus 500 number for the Clippers is the third best to win the Western Conference crown but injuries a part of the conversation with the other LA team in the Clips as well the Clippers do host the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight Kev in their third game following the all-star break they have lost both again the fifth best record in the Western Conference Kev you mentioned the Golden State Warriors they host the Portland Trailblazers what does Damian Lillard do for a follow-up following the 71 points that he scored on Sunday night the eighth game in NBA history where a single player has scored 70 or more points in a single game. Kev, a part of a historic year around the association from that scoring statistical perspective. There have been 21 games already this season, Kevin Walsh, where a player has scored 50 or more, four games where a player has entered the 60s, and of course with Donovan Mitchell and Dame's performance on Sunday, two guys that have scored 70 or more in an NBA game this year. Because of that, Kev, there was an interesting conversation that I'll get your thoughts on right now about the ability to catch Wilt 
in the century mark that he posted many, many years ago. So buy or sell Kevin Walsh. A player will score 100 points in a game in the next five years in the NBA. I, listen, we are all entitled to make a bad purchase. So allow me to buy this, even if maybe it's against my better judgment. Here's the thing, though, Ben. No, no, no. But here's the thing, Ben. If somebody scores 101, do you know what the old people are going to say? Man, NBA defense never been worse, man. I mean, Michael Jordan would average 100 a game, quite frankly, if he played in today's NBA. And those people you shouldn't listen to, right? Let's not listen to the people that see Damian Lillard go for 70 and be like, oh, wow, they don't play defense. No, it's not because guys are better. It's not because Lillard, hey, Tell you what, you tell Mark Price to go jump in a time machine, come back out and pick up Damian Lillard full 94 and see how that works. Someone call Havelchech and see if he wants to check Kyrie up and down the court. By the way, as far as this goes, Ben, quite frankly, is it going to happen? Probably not. But here's my honest thought. It should happen. It is a crime that the 11 best players in the NBA three times a season don't tell their teammates, hey, tonight's the night I go for it. It is outrageous that Steph Curry has not once in his career decided I am shooting 43s and we're just going to see what happens. And Kevin Durant doesn't do the same. It would be the best, and I wish play. It's an 82-game season, Ben, and they punt games all the time. Why not take one game to see if you can score 100? That's what Wilt was doing back in the in the 1920s. That's when he played, right? It was him and Babe Ruth checking up to the stadium. Stop the madness. I mean, Wilt scored 100 against guys that look like me, and listen, I'm six foot on my dating profile, maybe 5'11 and three quarters. We round out this opening hour up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We end out this opening hour live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Spiz Grizz Network, that's SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. Kevin Walsh has been here as well for the majority of this opening hour, and the focus has been basketball. And the biggest development in the NBA last night, the report from the Athletic and FanDuel Sham Sharania that LeBron James is set to miss an indefinite amount of time due to a right foot injury that he suffered and played through against the Dallas Mavericks in a Lakers victory coming back from down 27 points on Sunday evening. So, Kevin, now the question is about the Lakers. It's a question we ask to end out this opening hour and fade the public. The Lake Show currently has a 29-32 and 32 record. They are three games below 500, but only a half game out of the 10th spot in the Western Conference, which would mean a play-in tournament spot with an opportunity to be a playoff team in the Western Conference. So, Kevin Walsh, the question we ask the public Will the Lakers make the playoffs? A simple question with two easy answers, but maybe more complex than it seems. Yes or no? In most of the public, saying no. About 74% of the public K-dubs saying no, the Lakers will miss the playoffs this season. Kevin Walsh, are you fading the public? Yeah, look, I I tried to skew this if I could. I, I voted in it. I retweeted it. I voted in it from another account. I mean, I, I try to get in the mix here. It, it, it didn't help the numbers. 
I think the Lakers make the playoffs because they should. That, that's the reality of this now. I, I look at this roster. I look at the schedule. I think they should make it. And if they don't, we'll see what's to blame. And, of course, the health is going to be the predominant storyline. The fact that they punted on the first half of their season and decided to make no trades was also not great. Um, but we'll see what it comes down to. You know, again, they lose tonight. It's not the end of the world. They lose in Oklahoma City. Not great. Not great, Ben. Not great. Nope. That won't be. Okay, see a game out of that 10th spot in the Western Conference. Hour number two of the morning after. Next. 